0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. The the Monday night game tonight has been sensational. It's almost like they're trying to make up for that Thursday night game because it was so bad. Tonight's the game you want. And uh, Kansas City right now is clinging to a 30-29 lead. Raiders just scored a touchdown, 48 yards. Derek Carr to Devontae Adams, who was double-covered. And you could not have put the ball in a better spot. Tonight, Devontae Adams has one of those, like, the, the Randy Moss-type lines from back of the day. Three catches, 124 yards, two touchdowns. And he's also had, like, a couple of different uh, pass interference calls on him as well. So those numbers really should kind of be elevated from where they are. You're like, oh, only three catches? Yeah, but two of them are for touchdowns. And that last one was absolutely gorgeous. The problem is the Raiders decided to go for two to get the lead, and it looks like they failed. Now, I don't know. Are they reviewing this? I don't know if they're still reviewing it because it's impossible. You know, they they try to run up the middle with uh, Josh Jacobs, and, you know, it's just a sea of humanity. It looked like from first blush they came up short, but I'm sure they'll look – no matter what they look at it, at first I believe in an in, in instant replay you get a minute. If you can't tell in a minute, it's not a blown call. Remember, that's the reason we brought instant replay in, to fix the egregious call. It was never brought in to get every single call right. But it does not look like they're reviewing it. It looks like that they the, the call stands. He was short of the goal line, which I think it was the right call. Um, but the Chiefs leading at 30-29, to 29, so the Raiders are going to need to get the ball back here. There's about four and a half minutes to go. And... I would just like to know the the Raiders tonight. Now, my my obviously my my attention has been divided somewhat, but I would like to know when was the last time a team beat the Chiefs and kicked three field goals in the game? Because the Chiefs tonight, uh, the, excuse me, the Raiders tonight have kicked three field. Now there have been long field goals; they've been like fifty yard field goals. So it's not like it's a gimme but it just feels like if you play for field goals against the chiefs even long even you know you're not getting any more than three points it's almost like at some point you kick one field goal maybe two possibly third one you're going to lose it just feels that way and now look the game's not over maybe they get a stop maybe they get the ball back and they kick a field. maybe they kick a fourth field goal elias will look look up the last time somebody kicked four field goals and won a game against the chiefs but it just feels like if you kick three field goals against them you're probably not going to win. It feels like the odds are have to be very, very low, very, very low. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. One um one nine three seven seven six. Let's go back to the phones. We'll go to Brian is in West Palm. Brian, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. How you doing? Hey, Brian, what's going on, pal?
1: Good. I wanted to talk about the Giants a little bit. I'm not complaining, but against D- Dallas, uh, there was at least three uh, pass interference. It just seems like Dallas gets calls in the game was a giant stadium. Uh, I don't know if you watched it, the Monday night oh, yeah, game, sure. but I just, yeah. I, I just think that the NFL refs are they give breaks to teams like Dallas and Kansas well, the, City. The, with- the
0: one thing I will say, Brian, is that pass interference—it's a very difficult call to have because it's so open, right? Like it's not like a, a baseball strike or a ball or a tennis ball that's in or out. You know, it could be a lot of different things. It comes in a lot of different ways. But it doesn't seem like there's a lot of consistency in those calls. I will grant you that.
1: Right, because there was one play, Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, Sterling Shepherd the, the defensive play was, off, was on top of him, and they didn't call the play.
0: Yeah. No, look, I mean, it, 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 look, you don't have to go back to that game. You can go back to any week, and there's, and there's games every single week where the pass interference is ridiculous. Thank you. All right, Brian. I thought Brian wanted to talk about the Yankees. I guess not. It seemed like Brian had a lot going on over there. He was trying to deal with some other stuff, but I don't know. Uh, all right, well, 1-800-919-3776 is the uh, telephone number. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, let's get into the Yankees a little bit because the Yankees and Guardians uh, get things started tomorrow night. And, you know, when we were at the tailgate yesterday, people were asking me, you know, what do you, what do you think about the guard? I'm like, you know, there was not a team – that the Yankees could face off out, you know, like any part of the playoffs this year, I feel like it's a tough matchup. Like, you know, like the Indians and Guardians, or excuse me, the Rays and guardians are playing like a 15 inning game. like, Oh, fantastic. You know, let the Rays win this one, play another 15 innings and then whoever. And when you think that it's going to be the Rays that are coming out, because going into the series, I thought, ah, the Rays are such a a thorn in the Yankees side, even though they played well against them this year. Um, I don't really want the Rays, man. And then as soon as the Guardians won, I'm like, oh, man, we got to face the Guardians. So there's not really, and, and, and that's mostly about how the Yankees have played as a team and how up and down they have been so, um, you know, sky high or at the bottom of the basement. So look, the Guardians are a tough team. They've been red hot. They're 25 and 10 in their last 35 games. But mostly it's about the Yankees themselves. Uh, if the Yankees play up to what they are capable of doing, they should win this series pretty easily, right? I'm sure a lot of people are going to focus on the fact of the the disparity in payrolls and everything else. The Yankees' bullpen has never been shakier than it has been coming into this uh, postseason. And I I really have no idea how they're going to maneuver that. I know they say they're going to, you know, kind of bullpen by committee, which means they're going to be more reliant on uh, on Aaron Boone's decision-making, which – in the playoffs, I have to be honest, uh, has, has left, uh, for me, a, a lot to be desired. It feels like he's always a little move too late. Um, maybe that won't be the case. Maybe his, his decision-making will be spectacular. But it really comes down to the guys he has in that bullpen, and it doesn't really feel like there's been any consistency from each of them. You know, each guy has kind of had their, their moments where they've been ineffective. Now, they've got plenty of, of, of options, and, uh, you know, between Luizaga, it would seem like, you know, Luizaga would be a guy who could certainly close. But I think they kind of like him as that multi-inning guy. But we'll see. Uh, Efrost, maybe he's the guy that Trevino has been good at times. I'm not sure. One, not, one guy we know it will not be is that it will not be Araldis Chapman. And I got to be honest, on Sunday, being at the game, I didn't have a lot to smile about. I did not have a lot to feel good about. And I knew it going in. I knew it before I even showed up in the parking lot. I said, this is going to be a bad day. But maybe the only smile I got out of the day was the news that Araldis Chapman is not going to be part of the Yankees, at least this round. I guess they left it open, I mean, as if you would bring him back for the next round. And to me, that is the biggest addition by subtraction you could have. Thank God he missed that workout. I was so happy when I heard that news because that he, he could not be trusted in any role. And, look, with the Yankees having some uncertainty in that bullpen, I could understand – well, I wouldn't, but, you know, you could be tempted. Hey, maybe Chapman can get a big out here. And that guy's playoff history is well documented. There should have been – even if he was pitching well this year, there would be nothing that would make you feel confident about him in a big spot in the game. Nothing. And he has not pitched well this year. I mean, he could not be trusted in any role. That loss is a win. I was kind of hoping to find out that they never told him that there was a, a meeting. You know, like they, there was no – they never told him there was a – Bad,, ah, too bad, you missed it. You're out. You're out. So that, that was the only smile that I got on Sunday at all was the fact that I will not have to – look, the Yankees might win, the Yankees might lose, but I do not have to sit through watching a Roldish Chapman – Having to to get a big out and and choking in a big spot like we've seen him do countless times. The Yankees did it with the the Cubs as well. So that was not a guy that. Uh, and I think that that door. You already knew that that door was going to close after this season. That door will certainly be closed now, and the sooner the better, uh, because that to me is a, a distant by subtraction. Even with having as shaky, you know, you would think ah the bullpen's not that great. Want to have as many possible options as we can have out. There. No no. That's one option I can do with that. That's one option I can do with that. Uh, The other thing that will, I'm sure, be highlighted at (laughs) nauseam when we get to the playoffs in this series is the angle of experience. If you've not seen this before, experience at this rate is completely overrated. We see it every single year. Teams without that experience, they win. Teams with experience lose. So the Yankees' playoff experience won't mean a whole lot. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is Gordon Damer. It is ESPN New York Tonight, 98.7 FM. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. To me, that's a huge... I like, not to be sweating through those, those performances or to be tempted to go to him in any kind of... Like, because what's the situation where you would feel comfortable... Even if you had a big lead. I mean, we've seen at times this year his propensity to walk people, and he clearly seems like a guy who has, you know, th- everybody talks about, you know, the sticky stuff impacting Garrett Cole. He's not the same guy. Cole still, well, did he lead the league in strike? I mean, he still had a huge strikeout total in terms of stuff. His stuff was still excellent across the entire season, even though his, his ERA was not as good and his, his home runs allowed were, you know, off the charts and all those type of things. He still is a very good pitcher with very high velocity, if maybe not the same control that he had, like everybody uh, had a, a few years ago when everybody was using that stuff. You look at the player that Araldis Chapman has become as a result of the loss of the sticky stuff. He is a, a complete shell of himself. I think Michael Kay brought up a, an excellent point on his show earlier today. You know, when Chapman was in his heyday, he comes in throwing 102, 103, and it was like, whoa, this guy can throw – now a lot of guys can throw 102-103, and he's not throwing 102-103 anymore. He's throwing 98. He's just a guy now. Uh, it was, it was, it was you know, easy when you could come in and just blow away people uh, and, and be the one guy that could hit that velocity. That's no longer the case. It seems like everybody, every team's got a guy that throws 101-102 now, and half the time you don't. Know I mean? and, the, and the Guardians bullpen in the second half of the year has been absolutely excellent. So that's going to be something that the Yankees will have to deal with as they get set to face off against the Guardians with Game 1 tomorrow night. Now let's hear from Aaron Boone on the decision that has been much debated about Garrett Cole starting Game 1. It's always special, I think, anytime somebody gets selected to lead a team into battle. And I think what comes with that responsibility is preparedness, poise, and to be on the attack. I obviously was Garrett Cole talking about it, not Aaron Boone. I screwed that up. Um, well, yeah, look, I mean, that's all well and good to say. Now you got to go out and do it. Uh, there's no more excuses. It took you uh, – it's going to take you a while to live down that wild card performance. But if you're ever going to go and live it down, you better go out there. And there's a lot of pressure on him to go out there and perform tomorrow night. He cannot have a stinker. He cannot have one of these performances like he had last year in Boston where he's out after a couple of innings. Or he does not give the chance, the team a chance to win. I mean, he has to go out there and do what it takes to get a, you know, get a lead. Hopefully, and if you don't get a lead, don't give up any runs. It's not like the Indians' offense is, you know, murderers' row. So you, you got to be able to control them and handle them and and do what you got to do. There's a reason why you're getting paid, the money you're getting paid, and it's not for games in mid-May and July, and it's for now. And he, look. Cole has not always, you know, uh, You know, last year was not his only playoff start as a Yankees. I had other ones that have been good, but it's not about being good. You have to be excellent, and he has to go out there tomorrow night and kind of set the tone. And look, I know that there's been a lot of uh, debate about, you know, him starting game one. Well, when do you want to start him, right? Like, you're, you're going to have to start him at some point, and you're going to have to hope that he is Garrett Cole. So when are you going to start Are you going to start him game two well, you know, if you lose game one and you didn't start him game one, you're going to feel, you know, like when are you going to feel comfortable? If he's going to, you know, go out there and, and not perform up to the level that you are expecting, if he goes out there and has a bad start, you have a better chance of recovering from it if it's earlier in the series. You know, gets later in the series, that might be a death knell, right? If he goes out there and stinks up the joint in game one, all right, now you know what you're looking at. If he goes out there and stinks up the joint in game three, you might very well be screwed so uh, I, I don't mind I, you know we'll, we'll see what we get from Garrett Cole. I've generally been a Garrett Cole defender in the past because I think people you know make it out like uh, he's been terrible this entire time or the Yankees should never have signed him. he's not lived up to what you signed him to, but he's not been as nearly as bad as people have made it out. So now it's about the time to shine this is the time get your ears as shiny as you need them. Shine them if you've got them and go out there and, and, and deal an ace-like performance tomorrow night. And that will get the, you know, the Yankees got to get it off to a good start here. And it's really kind of hard to know what to expect with this Yankee team because of how they have performed at times this year. It seems like they got back on track here in the final, you know, kind of month of the season. We shall see. There's a lot, and, and, and you know what's riding on this Yankee season. It's not about winning this series. It's not about winning the next series. It's not about beating the Astros. It's about beating everyone. The only way for the Yankees to have a successful season is for them to beat everyone. They have to win the World If the Yankees go to the World Series, are down three games to none, force a game seven, and lose on a walk-off home run, it will be seen as a disaster. Oh, my, how could they lose? They came back. It will not matter. It will not matter one bit. So if they lose the Indians, if they lose the Astros, if they lose the Mariners, it doesn't matter. If if the sentence includes losing, it will be a failure. The Yankees are about winning a World Series, and we'll see. There were times this year where it was a magical season and everything was lined up perfectly, and then they hit that spot where they went through that six weeks where they looked like the worst team in baseball. Did they get back to where they were before that? I don't know. And and what what form of the Yankees are you going to see, come tomorrow night? We shall see. We shall see. One eight hundred nine one nine. ESPN is the telephone number. One 3776 We still have not gotten to the Giants. We have to do that. Obviously, Giants go to London yesterday. Beat the Packers twenty seven uh, twenty two twenty uh, two. And you know, look, it was uh, I, as I said, I was at the Jet game yesterday. So it's not the ideal way to try to take in the game. I hate watching the game on DVR. It's it's never the same experience. You never get the real feel for it. And can the NFL stop marketing the London game like anyone in this country is excited about them? Nobody wants games at 9 in the morning. I don't want games at 9 in the morning. It's too early. It would be one thing if you, were, if you moved it up to noon. Okay, by then I've had my coffee. I'm up and about. You know, I like to you know, wake up a little later on a, on a Sunday. I know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at eight hours of football later in the day. I don't need it at, at nine in the morning. So stop. stop. Mar- I know you're marketing. Market it to the people where you go. If you go to London. I'm sure those people are so excited to go. To the, that's great. Market it to them. Don't tell me. Ah, it's at nine o'clock. Woohoo! I don't care. It's too early. This is not anything anyone in this country has asked for. You guys are doing it. Don't try to make us seem like we... It's like when your parents used to try to get you excited to clean up the house or something. Nobody's excited about it here. Hey, fans, football way earlier than you used to. Better wake up early. I don't want to wake up early. I don't like waking up early. And obviously, being at the game yesterday, the company did a sensational job setting things up so Dave could watch the Giant game, but then... You know, we're all resigned to sitting around somebody's cell phone trying to take in the game. But anyway, uh, you know, I did watch the game on the DVR, even though I didn't like it. Uh, Sensational job by the Giants. Great win. I mean, really just an unlikely performance, you know, going into that game. I don't think there were many thought that, you know, maybe obviously maybe you cover. You haven't been blown out in any game, so You expected to, you know, maybe put up a nice performance, but to go there and get that win. I mean, great job by Daniel Jones, all banged up. The offense that he has to work with outside of Saquon Barkley, who was sensational again, great job by both of them. The defense continues to step up, rallying from down 17-3, sensational. Um, All good stuff. The thing that jumped out most to me, is the coaching. I, I mean, everybody has is, is, is mentioned about Brian Dable. This is a coaching league and what he has done with this group and, and less than, you know, the, really less than what they had last year. They have a healthy Barkley now, which clearly he was not this, this player last year, uh, it, but it's night and day. And as great a job as he did and ha- is doing, Brian Dable, who you have to think at, at five weeks into the season He is the runaway for coach of the year. Now, things will change. Who knows how things will end? I'm not saying the Giants are doing this or that. But he has done a sensational job. But what it really makes me realize is, man, what an awful job Joe Judge did. It's even worse than we realized. You know, because he had the cop out of, well, what do you expect, right? I mean, look what I'm working with here. You know, Daniel Jones is not great. Saquon's this. You know, our receivers are that. Our offensive line is it. We're a team in transition. We're kind of rebuilding. Even with all of that, you should have gotten more out of what you got than what you got. And thank God he was as awful as he was. Thank God that Daniel Jones got hurt last year and the offense looked like that. And the Giants were forced to fire him because they didn't want to fire him. They were trying to find any reason at all not to fire him. But at the end of the day, they had no choice. And it's so funny. Everybody always talks about patience. It's, oh, you got to have patience. You got to have patience with these regimes. Good teams They don't change coaches every couple of years. Yeah, sometimes it's good to have patience. But sometimes you you have to pay attention to what's obvious. And what was obvious was that Joe Judge, I mean, Joe Judge, he could have had 100 years, he wasn't turning this around. And thank God the Giants didn't waste any more time. It was obvious with Gettleman, it was obvious with Joe Judge, and Giant fans are, I mean, you have to be living the dream right now. With their ability to hang in every single game and pulling out some of these wins, you look at their schedule, this NFC, it's, playoffs are not crazy. I mean, the schedule just alone the rest of the way, they have the Jags on the schedule, they have Washington twice, they have the Seahawks, they have the Texans, they have the Lions, and they're in every game. And if you're in every game, you pull out just one or two of those, I mean, you're going to be in great shape. So, I, look, again, I don't know how the season's going to end. You know, it's possible. At You know, Saquon was banged up yesterday. I, I don't know how much you can rely on him as much as they've been relying on him. Uh, who knows how you know? Given his injury history, given Daniel Jones's injury history, he's been banged up. Uh, maybe this will take a sideways turn at some point, and, and and some of these games that look winnable, they won't be winnable for whatever reason. But man, what a f- breath of fresh air that Brian Dable has come in here. And and, and think about it, like year one with Joe Judge. There was a lot of optimism. Oh, look at what Joe Judge. They were six and ten. They were not a good team. I mean, they kind of hung in some games, but they didn't win them all. They didn't win them. They just hung in them. So great job by Brian Dable, what he's done. He's been created. I mean, like when you have a coaching change, especially as bad as the offense was last year and has been for a while, you want to be able to look at the highlights and not even really be looking at the players themselves. Just kind of look at what the plays look like, and you can tell immediately that it's not the old regime. And when the Giants play offense, it's clear it's not the old regime. Like, you see more creativity in in almost every single play than you saw certainly last year and certainly for the last few years. So great job by Brian Dable. Great job by the Giants. And let's see, you know, let's see if they can keep it up. I mean, you know, the schedule is the schedule. It's one of the reasons why I said coming into the year I was more optimistic about the Giants than I was the Jets. And they are certainly getting it done. And I'll be honest... The, the part of the schedule that I was looking at was not really this part of the schedule. Well, maybe it was the, you know, the Panthers game. I thought that, that was a winnable. But, I mean, to beat the Packers and the Titans, that is impressive. There's no other way to put it. That is impressive. So great job by the Giants. And it looks like we will actually have some meaning of football past Halloween. What are the chances? What are the odds? It's incredible. It's incredible. 1 800 919, ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls as we take you up until midnight. Freddie and Fitz, then it's Gordon Damer here, 98.7 FM, and the all new ESPN New York app. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Out of all the, I don't remember all the different head coaching jobs that were open. I mean, you like the Giants job because you knew coming in, you know, it's almost impossible for them to fire another coach after two years. Okay, fine. But I'm going to give you a quarterback the organization is not sold on at all. And if anything, is probably looking to move off of uh, after drafting him sixth overall. They have a running back who's been injured th- the last three seasons. Those are like the best. They have a- the best wide receiver is coming off an Achilles injury. Their offensive line is still a, a working in pro- Now you had two picks in-, in the first round. Okay, fine. You have some draft capital there. Great, but I don't think it was a great situation at all that Brian Dable came into. I think it's Brian Dable who has made it into that situation. I don't think that anybody was looking at uh, uh, the Giants as being something that was going to be easily turned around. And it's all well and good to be saying, you know, we, he has a different disposition and the players like him. That all wears off real fast, man. If the Giants started 1-4, and four, uh, there would be a whole different vibe in that. It would not be uh, the, the, the vibe that you're feeling right now. And, 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 and the things that you're trying to sell to people, you have to show them some level of success, to To get them to buy in, and and right from the first week, you know they they've gotten that success. So and, and really just the one game, the Cowboy game, and they were in that game as well. So yeah, I mean I think he's 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 building up some credibility with his own uh, his own players because they they can see that this guy knows what he's talking about. Whereas if they had gotten off to a, a two and three start or they had lost some of these games, they had lost the Titan game right away. Um, you know, I think it would have been a different story. So I, I don't think that he walked into a great spot at all. I think he walked into a pretty, a pretty tough spot in, in terms of talent because I don't think that the, that's what makes this amazing is I don't think the Giants are all that talented. I don't think that they're that great of a team, but he has, he has put play. I mean, he has done what you're supposed to do in coaching, right? You're supposed to put your players in the best spot to succeed. He has done that. And uh, all kudos to the Giants for getting off to the start that they've gotten to. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, my friend?
1: Hi, Gordon. Gordon, in fairness to Joe Judge, and I'm not defending him, but once Jones went down last year, that was it. They didn't have a backup quarterback. You that was. What,
0: though? Thank God he went down. Because if, yeah, if they yeah. would have just been middling, they would have probably kept him for another year, and we would not be seeing this.
1: That's true. That, But they were unwatchable
0: last year. That, oh, that no, was, absolutely. They were not an NFL team at that
1: point. Oh, it was worse, uh, terrible to watch. Uh, this guy, Dave, what he's done with Jones is amazing. He's done like Parcells used to do with his quarterbacks. Parcells always did that. He knew how to put the quarterback in the best position. He got the most out of Ray Lucas. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Ray Lucas was a, a pretty good quarterback with the Jets. I mean, he knew how to get off Foley and all those guys. Uh, going back to Scott Brunner and... Uh, and Parcells was a magician at that. But this guy, Debo, looks like he's doing the same thing with Daniel Jones. And listen, it's not a foregone conclusion. Daniel Jones may be back. He may be back on a one-year contract. He may be back with a long-term contract if he plays like this. And it's good to see because he's a good guy. Uh, 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 Gordon, what I want to talk about is this Yankee playoff situation. Now, Major League Baseball had it set up so that the seeded teams would have a pretty big advantage because of, you know, rest and days off and the other team having to scramble with their pitching. It hasn't worked out that way. Now, the Yankees have an advantage on Cleveland or Tampa because one of those teams is going to lose. But once the team has won, now Cleveland has won. They won in two straight. They've been off uh, Sunday and Monday. They've been off two days. Then they're going to be off on Thursday because they're breaking breaking. after the first game on Tuesday. No, they're off on Wednesday. So after tomorrow's game, they get another day off. So they'll be able to pitch their number one pitcher on Thursday. So Cleveland goes with their number three tomorrow, and then their number one on Thursday. That's not such a great advantage for the Yankees. Really, it's not. And when you look at it, The Yankees will have only played one game in six days after Wednesday. They will have been playing one game tomorrow in this, no, seven days. After seven days, one game. Where Cleveland will have played three games in five days. So there's not that much of an advantage. Major League Baseball blew it. First of all, there should have been a game today and a game tomorrow. That would have put Cleveland in a bind. Now, I understand Cleveland might have had to play yesterday, but you have to put them at a disadvantage, either Cleveland or Tampa, as it works out there and not in a disadvantage now to play the Yankees. And the Yankees have no great advantage. They've been off so much, the Yankees that I don't even know if they have an advantage. I think that's a disadvantage to be off in baseball. It's unlike football where you need the rest. Baseball, you need a rest, but not six days, five days. It's ridiculous what they've done. I just hope that the seeded four teams, none of them lose, because they played the whole season 162 games to have the best records, and if it turns out they lose right now, It'll be awful. I really think it's a, it'll be a black stain against you. It's great for the fans because we want to see competitive baseball. We want to see upsets. It's like the first round of the NCAA tournament. Oh, Cleveland beat the Yankees. Or if Atlanta loses, to uh, you know, or the Dodgers lose to San Diego. That's what we want to see. But it's really not right. You know, I mean, it, it, the way they uh, did. I it
0: hear was, you. Look, Richard, it, I, I, the, the only thing I could say is you couldn't have a game today, the, obviously, I'm, because I'm, of the Gordon, game. I'm sorry to interrupt. They did all this for television. Yeah, no, I know that. The, the one thing you can really blame baseball for, though, is the break between game one and game two. Is
1: that ridiculous enough? Yeah, that's right. Now, yeah. after, you know what's ironic? After the fourth
0: game in Cleveland,
1: the next day they got to play in Yankee Stadium on Monday. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I know. It makes no this is sense. It's
0: ridiculous. Yeah, that makes no now, sense. All right.
1: But of course, that's not a disadvantage to either team. Right, and it's, it's a disadvantage to both teams, dis- so it's equal. That's right. just a large, uh the uh, it's irrational thinking. But that's not my point. My whole point is the Yankees do not have an advantage in this series. Not in my, not at this
0: point. No, no. I, I would agree with you, and you know, I, I kind of agree with your point. And Richard, thanks for the phone call. Is that, you that, um You know, uh, I was saying about when the Mets went into the the wild card series, I kind of. It almost feels like you know, like when they have the NCAA tournament and one of those teams plays the play-in game. You're like, ah, oh, it's just a, it's just a game. No, sometimes that that team wins another game. You know, like some there's it's something to get you know, uh, stay in your rhythm, right? And, and to have that first win and, and get right back out there. So this is the first year with this new format. Uh, who knows, maybe one of these teams, maybe more than one of these teams will get picked off. And it's clear, right, like when you're looking all season, you're like, oh, man, you definitely want to have that bye. You don't want to have to play an extra series. That's true. But the rest aspect of it is not quite the advantage that uh, you were thinking it was going to be. Because baseball is a game where, you know, you're, you're used to playing it every single day. You don't want big, long breaks. And all these teams have now had the big, lo- now it's great that you can line up your, your pitching all right, like the, the Indians are going to go with their third guy in game one. The Yankees get to have their ace. But, you know, is there a lot of reliability in your ace? He he, he, be- he Look, he better show up. That's all I'm saying. He better he better show up because last year was really bad. I don't think that he's gotten, uh, you know, in, in the fans' eyes, he's not really recovered from that yet. If he were ever to go out and have another stinker, oof, I, I don't know that you'd ever be able to come back from that i mean he's not going anywhere so he bet i mean there's a lot of pressure on garrett cole in that game one he has got to deliver and not just deliver you know five innings he's got to go out there and really set the tone no you know one bad inning where he gives up four runs and, and blows the game he's got to be good from start to finish 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up we'll wrap things up Right here on ESPN New York Tonight, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. And for all the talk, remember the talk in the offseason with all the moves that were made? Wow, this NFC, the AFC West. Oh, man, what a stacked division. How is it going to shake out this year? How is the AFC going to shake out? Oh, could, could the Chargers be the team to beat this year? You know, the Raiders got Devontae Adams. Maybe the Broncos, right? The Broncos. They got Russell Wilson. Danger Russ. Let Russ cook. And yet, at the end of the day, it's the Chiefs now. It'll probably be the – I mean, the, the the Chargers are all banged up. Who knows uh, how their, their season's going to go from this point. It just seems like, uh, you know, even though um, the quarterback's been out there, he's not been as sharp, even though they get that win – That 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 situation with that coach and the decision to go for it uh, on a fourth down on Sunday, um, that that job, I would think, you know, like there might be a lot of jobs that are open after this season is over. Uh, And obviously we got the first head coach firing uh, today with the news about Matt Rule, which was obviously not a shock at all. And it almost feels like Ron Rivera is now trying to move his name to the top of the list to be the next coach. I don't know. But you would think that if that Chargers, if the Chargers do not have a a big season this year, you would have to think that there will be a lot of coaches sniffing around uh, because there is a ton of talent there. The quarterback is clearly there, and uh, there. I don't know that that coach can continue to make these head scratching decisions and not have a deep. You got to see some evidence. Again, it's about you know everybody says about patience and all that. Patience has only last so long, man. It's a, it's a win-now league. If there's ever been a win-now league, it's a win-now league. And uh, the Chargers better have a big season this year because otherwise I don't know that um, that he will be back. Uh, all right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Jonathan is in L.A. Jonathan, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Gordon, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. What's going on?
1: Oh, man, I'm just serious, man. Watching these games for these past weekend, I'm personally, I'm a big Yankee fan and a big Falcons fan. Don't tell me how it started, oh. but let me get you done yesterday, man. Yesterday with that sack with Grady Jarrett and Tom Brady, come on, dude. Are you kidding me? And then with all these blown calls today, I mean, Gordon, that is not football. I mean, come on, dude. Every time you're going to throw a damn flag right there, it gets me. It gets me mad, man. Honestly, that that's not right. I would rather, you know what? Great thing that our Yankees are going to be in the playoffs tomorrow because I can't wait. Like Bart Scott would say, "Can't wait to just." Well, uh, to
0: hopefully, Jonathan, you feel that way in twenty-four hours, my friend. Uh, we will see. Uh, you know, oh I want to be God. excited for the Yankees, but uh, I think the 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 uh, emotion I'm feeling most right now is anxious. Anxious about the Yankees. So uh, yes, me they, too, man. They, they, but they can put that to bed a little hopefully bit with a win.
1: Thank you so much, man. But I really—it's just a matter that these grown calls are not really good for baseball. Go Yankees! Oh, can I someone shout out to my cousin really quick? Yeah, we love ahead. listening to his station from LA. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Josh! Go Jets! Thank you so all much, Gordon. Right, have a good night.
0: Well, you didn't have to throw that Go Jets in there at the end. Could have done without that. That I opened up my email today, and because we went to the game yesterday, like I guess I'm on some email list now. They're like recapping the Jets' destruction of the. I'm like, I don't need that in the morning. Put that to bed. That happened already. That's history. We don't need any more of that. But no, look. I mean, this, this, this Chris Jones call for for roughing the passer. At the end of the day, uh, the Chiefs won the game. Uh, now it was a big play at the time, and it's ridiculous call at the time because again, when you'll see the highlight, Chris Jones does not hit him high. Does not hit him. Low. Hits him in the torso. Now he's coming from behind, strips the ball is sacking him to the ground, (laughs) and obviously, where is he supposed to land? He can't float in midair. He can't, like, put his arms down on the ground and, like, do a a, a handstand. He has to go somewhere. So, yes, he's going to land. This is not, you know, I can understand the rule of being gratuitous, but in that spot, there's nothing else for him to do. So you have to, there has to be, if it's going to be a judgment call, there has to be some actual judgment in it. Uh, and that was just a ridiculous call that could have swung the game. But again, if you kick three field goals at Arrowhead, you're not going to win. That That's that's my rule. That's my hard and fast rule. Can't kick three field goals at uh, Arrowhead and expect to win. One other thing before we get, this is the last chance we're probably, well, we'll probably talk Mets tomorrow with Larry because he's back tomorrow. The, the people who are putting the trade deadline on Billy Epler, if you actually believe that Billy Epler's plan, he could do whatever he wanted, and he wanted to get Darren Ruff, Daniel Vogelbach, Taylor Naquin, and, and Michael Givens. If you're putting that all on him, you should be picketing outside of City Field for him to be fired right now. Clearly, that was an ownership decision that they were not trading their best prospects in a year where this was the year to go all in for a Mets team that was an all-in kind of team. So that was, to me, that one's not so much on Billy Epler as it is on ownership. But that's going to do it for tonight. Thanks to Julian and Joe back in the studio. Great job as always. Thanks to all the callers. We're back tomorrow night. We'll be breaking down, hopefully, a nice Yankee performance in game one of the ALDS against Cleveland. We'll take your phone calls. We'll probably have some more Mets. Larry will have to go through the emotions on the air tomorrow. So we'll have Larry back. We're looking forward to it then. We'll see you. Freddie and Fitz, up next, right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York.